Hi, I'm Becky Eakins, business mindset and lifestyle coach for occupational therapists. I focus on creating a freedom-based online business, helping OTs to package up their skills in unique and exciting offers that feel so good that they sell with ease in the online space. Since leaving the profession of OT, I have now worked with hundreds of clients online, helping them to create a life they feel inspired by. In this podcast, I will talk about the lifestyle goals, mindset and strategy you need to create your own life of freedom. Today we're talking all about dreams. One of my friends once said to me, all you want to do is talk about dreams. Um, I used to be obsessed with talking about dreams. I realized at that stage that I was always living in the future. I had my head so full of dreams that I was actually unable to be present. So there was a bit of a problem with it. And it took a bit of extra work and daily gratitude and mindfulness just to help me tap into the present and really just enjoy being. Um, It was something that I became very aware of at one stage that I was just constantly living in the future. But I think one of the reasons that I've got a head full of dreams is it's probably down to my human design anyway, because I'm a manifester. But it also means that I'm likely to be a trendsetter or a person who pushes boundaries to create a new level of something better. I've just got this kind of natural inbuilt pull to action. And I'm just very in sync with that. So as a result, I've often said that I always get what I want um, because I do it, you know, ultimately the things in my dreams just keep coming true one by one. And because of that, I do like to have nice dreams because I know there's a super high chance that these dreams will come true. Maybe not immediately and maybe not exactly as I expected, but um, yeah, it's incredible how it happens. So with myself, if I break it down, what happens is I start with a grumbling. So something needs to be changed. I start to feel that discomfort. Bad things keep happening. Uh, Maybe it's things at work. Maybe it's like home life falling apart. And then I start to to open my eyes to actually, is this thing working for me? Could there be a better way? And that's the contrast. That is when we kind of open our eyes up and look for the contrast. So sometimes when bad things are happening, I realize it's there to actually motivate me now. I can see that. Um, I'm currently in a stage where I've I've lost my Instagram and my Facebook all in one fell swoop, just one one week of losing two thirds of my um my business. And it does, it makes me giggle because I know that when really bad things keep happening, it's because there is going to be contrast to be found. I'm going to be finding better ways. And one of those better ways might well be a podcast but also it's going to be there, the bad things are happening to give me this surge of energy because when we create change, we do actually need to have some energy to move towards it. If I'm not motivated enough, then I won't have the energy surge 
to be able to create change. So yeah, so sometimes I can see bad things that are happening and be able just to put it in that light, which makes it feel a lot easier to go through. So it might mean that I spend hours researching on stuff, you know, when the contrast is happening. So the first time I first heard about world schooling, that's a really good example of this. And the first time I heard it, I was like, no way, people get to travel the world as part of their kids' education. Like, how does that even work? I just remember it sounded so exciting. I spent a good year researching this nonstop, um, how it works for the kids, how they learn, how they socialize, how they make money, um, how we make money, sorry, how you meet communities of other world schoolers. Really, there's... um, There's a whole opportunity of enrichment in social opportunities that you don't really know about until you start looking into it. Communities and just lots of fun things. And I just absorbed myself in it. You could say it was a hyperfixation or I like to say it was an obsession. But anyway, it kept me busy for a very long time. As part of it, actually, um, I booked a a four-week trip around Thailand backpacking with the kids in order to meet some world schoolers and really immerse myself and understand this thing more. So I'd got the contrast, I'd got the unhappy work situation. I was feeling like I needed change. My daughter was unhappy at school. So I knew I'd, well, I think I'd already pulled her out of school at this stage. And I just, I just wanted to explore what other options there were. And I only did that because I didn't like my current situation. It was actually just at the moment when I'd lost my OT job that I loved the most, which was the one on the ambulance. And um, the ambulance service actually pulled their part of it and they didn't want to take part in it anymore. So despite it being a very good service and we were really um, actually doing well with the commissioners, it just got stopped and it got stopped very suddenly and it caused actual heartbreak because all of us on the team loved the job so much we were so close we were just one happy family at that stage of my life I'd loved that job so much I actually said to my partner I says please can I be the one that works full-time and you be the one that works part-time because I just loved the job so much and then it just got pulled from under me in um, a very short space of time so I was suddenly in this period of wanting to create change and seeing the contrast So all of that works well, but then we've got this idea. So I'd got this idea of the world schooling and then I realized that it's possible for some people. But the next battle I faced was self-worth. Like, am I good enough for this to happen to me? Things like this don't happen to people like me or thoughts that were having. Maybe I needed to be more intelligent. Maybe they were born into money. Or maybe they were just better people, like they were more organized or or maybe they were just deserving of it for other reasons. And this is very common to get stuck at this stage because self-worth or lack of self-worth is a killer of dreams. People take action from their thoughts. So these small thoughts we have deep inside that we're not good enough 
really affect the action that we take. Maybe we pause or hesitate or take a different path. And then the action affects our results um, because we're getting a lack of results because we've deviated, we've not taken the right path. And then it's like a mirror reflecting back at how bad we thought we were. And it just keeps going round like that. So, and it all starts with the self-worth, that lack of belief in yourself. So many clients I've coached just seem to get stuck at this stage as well. The real dream is often never talked about. Um, very often when I speak to people, very especially when we're first working together, like right at the start or if they're not yet a, um, a paid client, and I ask them what their goals are and nearly always what's given to me is something that's very safe and very realistic and very small. And I often wonder where their big dreams are because a lot of the time people don't even have the self-worth to even give their dreams any, any energy. They're not breathing any energy into those dreams at all by talking about them, by believing in them, by thinking they're worth, you know, pursuing them. And I very often see that people just share to me these these very insignificant small goals that they they think they want to work on. I recorded a mindset meditation, one that you can do overnight. Very powerful in terms of helping you create the confidence, the self-belief and deal with any money mindset issues. I use these kind of overnight meditations all the time. I found them incredibly powerful. So I've created a very special one and I'm giving it for free to all of my podcast listeners. You can download it on the show notes. One of the, the biggest life-changing pieces of work I've carried out really on my own life repeatedly, but also with clients, is shadow work. And it was Carl Jung who reported that the shadow is 90% pure gold. And I've often reflected on this. This is all like the repressed and suppressed materials over our lifetime that we we hide from ourselves. And our conditioning as we really grow up affects the way we perceive things. So maybe we're told that, you know, parts of us are not good enough and that we should hide them. That's a very common parenting technique, um, but it also happens everywhere at university, at school, with siblings, with friendship groups. It happens everywhere. We're just socialized and conditioned into thinking that some of our traits are not good enough. Some of our traits need hiding. Um, so we look at our own traits and we see them as negative and then we start to carry guilt and shame around us, which over time can just feel like this heavy weight that we're dragging around. And it's often very well-meaning family and friends. Um, so I, I see this a lot in, in occupational therapy. So it happens in practice placement, uh, which is field work, I believe, in, in other parts of the world, where we go out um, as a student anyway, and we are working as an occupational therapist, but we are still at that stage of being judged. And it's that judgment 
it can be so harsh and it can include so many interpersonal things that it can just be so negative. So the judging can affect the way you write, the way you speak, the way you approach problem solving, the way you work, the way you think, the way you speak to people. It's really done a lot of damage. As I've been coaching for a few years, one of the common themes that come up with people are things that happen during this period of life um, where they were made to feel shame for, for how they were or who they were as they were first practicing as an occupational therapist. Now, it's a difficult one, this one, because it helps us to be socialized into systems. So we are professional and so that we fit into these neat little boxes that are needed for the workplace. So I kind of I do see the need for employers to want this to happen. But also as a coach, I just see the damage that can be done. And if you think that shadows are 90 percent pure gold, imagine that a lot of these things that we've been socialized out of doing or saying are actually some of our best bits. They're what make us unique. They're our natural gifts and talents and personality. And yet we've been dulled down to fit into a system. The system might even be a family. Um, I know when my ex-husband, when he had the heart attack, he was so easily stressed at that time with any loud noises, any loud bangs. And um, I very much had to train the children to be very quiet around the home. Whereas now I sometimes think, oh, I wish we didn't do that because I'd like them to project their voices or feel free to make lots more noise. And yet they've just kind of kept that kept that quietness. Um, so sometimes, you know, the system is your family. It's the needs of the family at a certain time. But it's small things like this that are seemingly harmless at the time and they're not meant in a bad way. On many occasions, they're not meant in a bad way. But these small events just shape the way we feel about ourselves. And they can chip away at our sense of self and cause us to lose identity. Lack of self-worth can develop over time. And very often people just have like a, a slight thought about a desire or dream that they've got, but then they immediately shut down that thought because they don't think it's for them. So in creating change, most people get stuck at this first stage. So if we look at shadow work, this is the first pillar. Because to be able to create change, you've got to believe that we are worth our desires turning into reality. That we as a person who deserves this and can make it happen without this self-belief, we won't even say our dreams out loud. And it's sad. Other people also like to put us back in our box. So even if you get to the stage where you start saying your dreams out loud, my guess is that other people will try and put you back in your box. So I can remember years ago, I used to say, oh, I just want to live every day like it's a holiday. That was my dream. That's really what I wanted. And people laughed at me. They scoffed or generally reported that it was impossible. I can remember one man saying to me, oh, wouldn't we all like that? Um, just a shame it's impossible. 
And I think I was just quite pig-headed because I just kept pushing through when others were laughing at me. And do you know why? I believe it's because my contrast was so bad, you know, because I was so unhappy that gave me the energy to push through this stage. And that's why I'm grateful now when I look back and think how much that I was broken because I think, well, that gave me that persistent energy to keep pushing through even when people were laughing in my face. It is a basic need for growth, a human need for growth. So most of us will find that we want to achieve more and more. It's the thing that keeps us alive as humans. It helps us keep striving for change and it gives us energy to create new technology and innovation. That's why it's a basic human need. So it's common just to want to see growth within our own life, but sometimes our brains are so frazzled with stress or we're maybe in a time where we just feel content or we want change, but we cannot face the bigness of it. There's so many reasons that just keep us playing small and often signs that we're stuck in this first pillar in shadow work can be maybe that we fear rejection or we're seeking validation from others constantly. We might be unsure of our purpose in life and have low self-worth. In business, we see this when people are not charging their worth. So they're charging cheap rates or they're having multiple or constant sales and they're struggling to make sales. So it's really telling. And this is why it ties in with business. So I just love to encourage you today to really think about what it is you desire and not to play small either. What is it that you really want for yourself? And just think in terms of your lifestyle. How do you want to spend your days? How many hours do you want to work? And if you could design your day so you were literally doing your favorite things all day, what would it be that you're doing? I remember years ago, I just assumed that if I had a free life, I would be drinking wine from seven o'clock in the morning and just eating chocolate all day. I just thought that would be what I would do. And I think I held myself back for years with these false assumptions. And maybe actually they were true at one stage of my life. Maybe I would have done that. Um, But actually the first year that I became completely free, no job and just, just work in the business and traveling, what happened was we was traveling um, for three months at a time to back-to-back festivals with the kids. They have a lot of home education festivals and we used to go to one after the other after the other. And very quickly, I realized that I was going to be teetotal just because I didn't want to drop the festivals and the lifestyle, but I did realize actually I wanted to be healthy And so I dropped the drink in and I've been teetotal. I think it must be well over two years, if not three years, coming up to three years ever since. So it's funny how what I thought might happen didn't actually happen um, because I couldn't sustain it. And I think in reality, our urges for treating ourselves to naughty treats 
they're, they're actually higher when we're living a stressful life. We don't really deep down want to eat chocolate all day and lie on the couch. We're actually more likely to have this deep down urge to be the best version of ourselves and enjoy more time out in nature and carrying out hobbies that we love. So I'll leave you with the question and I'd love to hear back from you. What is it that you really want to achieve in life? I just wanted to take a moment to share how I help occupational therapists to create their own version of freedom. I help OTs all around the world to design, launch and scale their online business. You will learn how to tap into a deeper understanding of your purpose, your mission and how to turn that into an exciting offer to sell online. I've clients who've hit 3k, 5k, 10k and 15k months. Anything is possible. If it sounds like a good fit, then contact me via the link on the show notes.